Hoosiers are set to have a showdown with Michigan State on Saturday. Uh, best way for us to preview that game is alongside Locked on Spartans. So special crossover crossover episode for today. You are Locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, February 11th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your daily source for IU Athletics news, analysis, uh, recaps, and previews, as we'll be doing today for anything women's basketball, football, soccer, or, again, men's basketball today. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. As a reminder, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, at Locked on Hoosiers. Uh, Premiere those episodes at 7 a.m. every day so you guys can make it part of your morning routine. As I said, we have a crossover episode today. I'm going to get through this intro real quick so we can jump right into that. Uh, Should be noted as well, we didn't talk about it in the episode or only briefly, but IU announced on Thursday that the five players suspended for the Northwestern game will be available for the Michigan State game. The small detail slipped in there was it was a curfew-related suspension. Uh, I would imagine they missed curfew the night before the game, just kind of reading between the lines of all the quotes throughout the week. Uh, So those five will be back. No no word on if they will kind of assume their regular roles as starters and and whatnot, but those five will be available, and that'll be a big help. Uh, As always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us at LO underscore Hoosiers on Twitter. Without further ado, let's throw it to this fun conversation with uh, Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans. What is up, guys? As promised, we now have our crossover episode uh, with myself, Jacob Root of Locked on Hoosiers, and Matt Sheehan of Locked on Spartans. Matt, man, how are you doing tonight? We're thriving. We're okay. MSU didn't play tonight, so I, I have no reason to be in a bad mood. I mean, it's all good. How, how you doing, my man? You doing okay over there? It's been quite the weekend, both uh, both for sure. IU and uh, for myself, covering, as some of my listeners know, covering the NBA uh, trade deadline week was a busy yeah. one, but, but we're through it. I got to give a shout out to the Michigan State women's team because they beat Michigan tonight and now the IU women's basketball team is in first place in the Big Ten because of it. So uh, shout out to the Spartans for knocking off Michigan tonight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Susie Merchant just got herself five more years in East Lansing. So yeah, big <laughs> win over uh, Michigan, who's a top five team. So yeah, thank you for shouting that out because I was going to try to shoehorn that into the podcast somewhere, but like the professional you are, look at you just getting after. That's what I'm talking about, Jacob. My man. My man. I saw that amidst all the, the chaos of the day. The The women's team does play – the two women's teams, IU and Michigan State, do play on Saturday at almost the exact same time. But we are going to talk about the men's game uh, this week, or I should say in this episode. Uh, yeah. It is an interesting time for IU basketball. Before we, I kind of dive into that. Just how has Michigan State been this season? Oh, great. Okay, honestly, like for the season as a whole, like it, it was, it was good. It was good. It was really good. Um, Michigan State started the season right outside the top twenty-five. 
They were the 26th team to get votes in the AP. And then they have a pretty good start. Okay, okay, Shona and Atlantis, really hot start to Big Ten play. <sighs> Jacob, recently, now we're becoming that team that everyone thought we were, right outside the top 25. Um, we have a center who's awesome, Marcus Bingham. He can only play 20 minutes a game. Okay, so his backups at the center position, uh, Julius Marble, he takes quite frequent tri uh, trips to outer space when he's on defense, <laughs> which is not ideal whatsoever. So now we got to play some of our four guys at the center position when Marcus Bingham can't play. Okay, our starting point guard, Tyson Walker, no confidence whatsoever anymore. And then our backup point guard, A.J. Hogard, he's pretty good some games, but most games – oh boy, it's quite the trip. And then now, okay, so our best two-way player, Max Christie, he's a true freshman, so we're just throwing all sorts of responsibility on him. That's a long way of saying that it's 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 a tough stretch that we're in right now. And, yeah, at the height of the season, hey, things were looking okay for Michigan State. I, hey, on my podcast, we were having fun conversations like, oh, is this a three-seed or a two-seed in March Madness? Okay, now, now we're back to reality, and now we're kind of at that five-seed line, at the six-seed line, and now we're just trying to claw our way back into happy times here in East Lansing. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, peachy times over here uh, in, in good old Spartan country. Um, how, how about you? Okay, like, I, obviously you guys are coming off an interesting game where you suspended, what, 27 players for the, the <laughs> Northwestern game? I mean, so it's it's been interesting times in Bloomington, but I, take, take it away from here. How was the first year? And the Mike Woodson era going for you guys? Overall, uh, very good. I don't okay. think anybody quite expected uh, the Hoosiers to be 16 and 7 at this point in the season. Uh, but as you said, it was a weird week this week. Yeah. Uh, that that Northwestern game looked like a winnable game. And in reality, it was. But just prior to tip off, maybe 30 minutes beforehand, Word started getting out. Uh, our radio play-by-play -play announcer has been there forever, and he kind of mentions offhand, Hoosiers are going to be shorthanded tonight. And nobody really knew what that meant because nobody right. – there was one injury, but everybody knew about that. And right before they air an interview with the head coach, uh, just before the game on the radio, and he announces that five players are suspended. And it was two starters and three rotation players. Great. And, awesome. Yeah. And uh, – so Indiana also had an injury to their backup point guard. Their starting point guard was one of them suspended. The third string point guard was one of them suspended. IU went into that Northwestern game with two guards, uh, only seven scholarship players, only six of them oh. even played. Um, and one walk-on played for three minutes in the first half because of foul trouble. And yet they only <laughs> lost by eight to Northwestern, which – was maddening um yeah sure Tr yeah trey shecks and davis played 39 minutes uh trey galloway was our de facto point guard on the night uh wow. he played the first 37 minutes of the game and then fouled out he did not sit until he fouled out and he looked like he could barely stand when he fouled out so it was a weird time uh ultimately those players will be back on Saturday. Mike Woodson, the way he kind of handles things, doesn't ever really tell what is going on. The rumors ran kind of wild with this one, and he just okay. had to address it. And it was ultimately they missed curfew the night before, and he laid the hammer down because five kids did it. And the result was now we're coming off our first losing streak of the season as we head into this Michigan State game. So, uh, it seems like it's two teams who are not coming in on the highest of highs this season. 
Yeah, it, it took the words out of my mouth. A, a, lot, a lot of turbulence here. And listen, th this is a popular thing in uh, Michigan State, oddly enough, because I, you know what, like Michigan State, pretty successful program over the last few years, if not decades. But I think I heard the stat, and this is just great podcast, and just going willy-nilly on a stat without fact-checking <laughs> it, is that I think seven times in the last 10 years, Michigan State has had a three-game losing streak just in the middle of their season. So th this is old hat here in Michigan State country. But then again, usually those are a little different. Usually we have a Cassius Winston who's a point guard that can be a calming presence. Like, we don't really have – that go-to guy. Sure, we have seniors and we have captains on our team, but like they're a little too inconsistent to be a guy that you could just always rely on. Right now, it would be Malik Hall. Okay, Malik Hall is a guy that comes off the bench right now for Michigan State. Now, things can possibly change. He should probably slide into the starting four position, but a lot of mystery. A lot of way, way, way too much inconsistent players on our team. Like Gabe Brown, he's awesome. Okay, against um, Rutgers. Shot six of seven behind the three-point line. He was on fire. And he's had games like that throughout the season. But, man, there's a lot of players at Michigan State that play like him where it's either you're going to get a great game, you're either going to get his, like, A, A-plus game, or you're going to get his D-minus game. There's not a lot in between there with uh, Gabe, and that goes for our backup point guard, A.J. Hogard, which I'm sure my listeners have never heard me say before. I'm kidding, I say it after every single game so far this season because that's just the way it is. But yeah, it's just it's it's turbulent, it's rocky, and hopefully we can find some semblance of consistency starting on Saturday. But then again, it's already February. Like at some point, you are who you are. <laughs> so I I don't know, man. That's uh, I, I'm just gonna cut to the chase. If we're ever gonna do a prediction part of this podcast, like I'm I'm just gonna opt out of it right now and say like, ah, <laughs> Indiana can win or lose by twenty. I, I I don't know who's to say because it's just I don't know what MSU team's ever gonna come out any game this season so yeah sorry i'm just gonna ramble there for a little bit but hey it's a said, podcast that's what going. that's what we're yeah. supposed to do we're supposed that's to what I do yeah. <laughs> right uh we can dive in a little deeper into i mean we you can ask a little bit about iu here in a moment there is sure. no line out for the game yet but matt if somebody did want to bet on this game where could they possibly go Jacob, I got just the place for you and your wonderful <laughs> listeners and my wonderful listeners. It's called BetOnline.net. Woo! That's right. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the playoffs right up into the big game on Sunday. Yeah, I heard about this little game going on in L.A. Huh, how about that? Well, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. And also, big game prop bets this Sunday. And... It's not just football, as you know, Jacob. Bet online has up to the minute info on props, or no, excuse me, reading LeBron online. Pro and college hoops, should I say? NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates of current games. Nailed it. Let's go. Uh, don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. One more time, that's Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, you have certainly given us plenty of information sure. about Michigan State so far. So uh, what is it about the Hoosiers you are interested in or need to know more about on uh, for Saturday's game? Yeah, this is one of my favorite questions I love to ask um, other hosts or other you know media members that I interview. And simply to the point, and this is really topical for this conversation because we're recording at 11.15 at night. <laughs> Jacob... What should keep me up tonight about Indiana? What, as a Michigan State fan, 
Should I just be staring at the ceiling, shaking my head about like, oh God, there's no way we have a shot Saturday. Take me to church, Jacob. Uh this one I would imagine is a pretty easy one to answer, and it's Chase Jackson Davis. Uh, he is he, yeah, he is playing at an all-American level. He's playing at a I mean, the Big Ten has some incredible players this season, and he's right up there uh, in that running for Big Ten Player of the Year. Uh, ultimately, I would imagine the Hoosiers aren't going to have a good enough record to for him to pass the likes of Kofi Coburn or um, Zach Eady, Travion Williams, whoever it might be, Johnny Davis. But um, Trace Jackson Davis has been the rock for this team. You kind of mentioned Michigan State not necessarily having that type of person. That's That has been <laughs> – Trace Jackson Davis has been that guy for Indiana um, yeah. to the point that I would imagine Tom Izzo's entire defensive game plan is going to be uh, focused on Trace Jackson Davis. There's been a lot of times um, IU's offense has let him down. Uh, I Offensively, IU is a very middle-of-the-road team, probably trending um, downward even throughout the season. Uh, in the Big Ten, uh, according to Ken Palm, they're 12th in offensive efficiency. They're 109th overall. Um, so if we're talking kind of individual players, things of that nature – Trace Jackson Davis, when he gets it going, has been a handful. Now, the good news for Michigan State is he's in a bit of a funk right now. Uh, he played Kofi Coburn in Illinois last Saturday, and it didn't go well at all. He got fat sure. in foul trouble right away. Uh, yeah. When he came back, Kofi Coburn is a large person and made life pretty difficult for Trace Jackson Davis. Um, Tuesday, I'm not even sure how much to take away from that game. It was so odd. Northwestern sure. didn't know that we had guys suspended. So early in the game, uh, Trace was kind of getting what he wanted. Northwestern realized, oh, they don't really have anyone else. So we're just going to swarm around Trace. And the night got progressively worse and worse. He also, as I said, played 39 minutes. So he was exhausted by the end of that game as well. But the result is back-to-back -back games that he hasn't looked great. Uh, it hasn't been something he's done a lot this season. So maybe in that sense, he's due for a breakout. Uh, but if there's kind of one player to worry about, it's absolutely Trace Jackson Davis. And like I was talking earlier, like Michigan State is littered with guys that go super hot or super cold. Who is that on Indiana? Is there like a single player where it's like, okay, it's either you're going to get a dynamite game from him or a dud game from him? Because, and I asked this because, Michigan State is no stranger of letting those kind of guys go nuclear whenever they face them. So is there a, a microwave, whether it be off the bench or a sneaky starter that really doesn't have the biggest numbers on paper, but can, you know, be viable for 20 points at any time? Yeah, I would say it, at this point, it is probably Xavier Johnson. Uh, he's the starting point yeah. guard. He was one of the guys suspended for Tuesday. So it, I'm not entirely sure how those guys are going to respond but Xavier Johnson started off the year pretty rough. He's a transfer. Uh, a lot of this IU team kind of transferred in. Xavier Johnson came from Pitt. Uh, he's been the starting point guard since day one. There were some learning curves, some bumps in the road, uh, but he's only kind of trended upward as the season has gone along. Even with that, though, it's still rocky at times. <laughs> um, it's... Uh, he, he's overall kind of established himself as the starting point guard, uh, but there were moments, there was a loss to Wisconsin where uh, he was just 
I don't mean to be too harsh on him, but it was a very rough night for yeah. him. He and um, there, there's been games throughout the season. Uh, that Wisconsin game, he finished four of sixteen. Um, there's been games, kind of moments like that throughout the season. Uh, but he has he has been trending upward. Um, there was a win over Maryland about two weeks ago, where uh, he only shot one of eight. But for most of that game, he was probably I use. Uh, kind of most dynamic player, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. He's a pest on defense. Uh, he can get into the lane. He's not <laughs> – You're the first time he shoots, you're probably going to laugh out loud because it is okay. a <laughs> it is a funky – is a funky jumper. At the beginning of the year, I described it as Lonzo Ball without the makes. Uh, oh, it, it has – it has gotten a little bit better. He's a 35% three-point shooter. Um, yeah, there's been times where, uh, opposing defenses, Minnesota played IU earlier in the year and they just didn't guard our point guards at the three point line because they were so bad at that point in the season. Um, it didn't work for them, but they, uh, they tried it. Um, but Xavier Johnson has kind of trended upward that Illinois game. He was the IU's best player. Uh, he can get into the lane. He's a, a really nice passer. Um, he can finish around the rim. He's going to be a bit of a pest defensively and just be up in you. It's led to some foul problems. So uh, he can get into foul trouble, have four fouls and play 12 minutes on Saturday, or he could be the best player on the floor for IU, score 20 points and lead them to a victory. And the, the defensive aspect of his game kind of fascinates me. And just, you know, that leads into my next question here is that Indiana, I saw, has a top 20 defensive efficiency team right now. Why, point blank, why is it? Is just like incredible interior defense? Is just because you guys are so sticky on everyone? Like, what what is the makeup of this defense that makes Indiana a strong defensive team in, team in this conference? Yeah, one of the biggest things Mike Woodson has done is uh, get – Trace Jackson Davis to commit himself on that end of the floor. Not that okay. he, he he wasn't necessarily, but he he's fully bought into what Mike Woodson has done. And when your kind of star player, your leader does that, everybody else follows suit. Trace Jackson Davis is honestly one of the best rim protectors maybe in the country. Uh, his block rate on Ken Palm is 39th in the country. Um, he is He's been incredible on that end of the floor. You have him as kind of a rim protector. Uh, Race Thompson, who I don't think I've mentioned yet, but he's kind of the the forward that if there's an EJ Liddell on the other team, somebody like that, he can take. He shut down EJ Liddell in the game earlier this season. And then the guards, Xavier Johnson is just that kind of annoying guard that's always <laughs> right up on you, always sure. making life miserable. Trey Galloway, who might make his uh, first kind of real start that Northwestern game notwithstanding uh, on Saturday has done really good on some really tough assignments. Uh, he got so into kind of Jaden Ivey's head against Purdue that Jaden Ivey just two hands shoved him to the ground off the ball and got a flagrant foul called on him. Assembly Hall loved that. Um, uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so he's done well on that side. So ultimately, just from a scheme standpoint, Trace Jackson Davis has been so good at defending the rim that it allows the guards to be super aggressive on the perimeter. And they know that if something happens and they get blown by, that Trace is there to kind of clean up any messes. Um, so it's kind of two-pronged, but I would say it starts with Trace. 
Um, overall, I use eighth in the country in block percentage. Uh, and they've been incredible at defending the t- inside the arc. They're sixth in the country on two-point percentage. Uh, they're eighth in the country overall in defensive effective field goal percentage. So um, the, the interior between Trace, between Race, typically is um, kind of battened down. And then out on the perimeter, they have a bunch of different kinds of, of guards, guys that can chase, guys that can get up all of it, all in your – in your grill, in your face, whatever you want to call it, and make life miserable for you. It's not what I wanted here at all. At all. <laughs> at all. That's great. Fantastic. Awesome. Because, yeah, uh, defense never travels on the road, so perfect. This should be a, a PG game here. <laughs> I just got one quick question here. I, I cheated. I, I went to BartTorvik.com to see how they are projecting this game. It's a blowout for Michigan State. Uh, they, they expect them to win by two points, uh, 69 to 67. Uh, it, does that sound about right to you, or are you a little surprised at that projection that BartTorvik.com has right now? Because to me, like, that sounds about right. I mean, you know, home game for Michigan State. Both teams are very comparable, but your take on it. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Um, Ken Palm is right there. They predict it 69 65. Um, yep. Yeah, that's. The, the idea I have, IU hasn't been – they struggled early on in the season on the road. Um, they've gotten a little bit better, but their first road win didn't come until the middle of January. Um, they've gotcha. lost at Penn State. They had uh, games at Wisconsin and Iowa where they played really, really great in one half and then just completely imploded in the second half and lost both those games. Um, so they haven't played great on the road all season. They did absolutely throttle Maryland, but this is that's a, a pretty bad Maryland team. Um, so that that seems about right. If IU plays well, uh, it, it's certainly I think a winnable game, but just based on the kind of entire sample size that we have, um, I, I would imagine this is going to be a pretty close game. As you kind of said with defense, it's always going to keep you in the game. There haven't been many yeah. times this season that. IU's really just been blown out. Uh, that Illinois game, Illinois is really good. <laughs> and <Right>. then uh, <laughs> there was a game against Michigan earlier this year where Michigan just kind of caught fire from three. IU gave up a bunch of open looks. And those are the only two times IU's been blown out this season. So IU tends to keep games close even if they lose. Um, so I would expect a pretty close one on Saturday. Fair. Can't wait. Should be should be a blast. I'll be very relaxed for the entire game. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's the one good thing about this season is that a lot of IU fans didn't come in with a lot of expectations. So and at least for me, even there's been a couple moments where it's been really frustrating. That Wisconsin game. Sure. For whatever reason, the Cole Center is just this house of horrors for us. IU has literally never won in the Cole Center. It's been around <laughs> since the mid nineties, wow. I believe IU has never won there for all the teams they've had for wow. all the big 10 titles. They've won uh, in that span. The, the number one ranked teams they've had, they have never won at Wisconsin and they That's were crazy. running them. Yeah. They were running them off the floor in the first half. They're up by 23 points. Oh, and lost I, game. I remember that game now. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And lost, that, now they lost that game. And, so that was really the only time I was frustrated, but that had as much to do with the fact that it was Wisconsin of all teams sure. and yeah. more than just, I mean, the performance was frustrating, but this has been a season without a lot of expectations and it's fun because barring 
a collapse that doesn't seem like it's going to happen, knock on wood, IU is going to be back in the tournament, and that's all yeah. we really want right now. So it's kind of two very different expectations with these programs right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I had for the uh, IU end. Uh, you're off the hot seat, Jacob. That's right. Thank you for uh, playing along <laughs> with my questions here. Appreciate that, man. I will uh, I'll put you on the hot seat here in a second to uh, to answer some questions about Michigan State. First, though, I have quite the gift for uh, your listeners, my listeners. Uh, I know you were a big fan of these, so we had to Love switch them. these up so you uh, so you didn't ramble too much. But Built Bar guy, guys, Built Bars are are delicious. Um, the, I've gotten them a couple times. What what is your favorite flavor? Because I have one that I found out is kind of controversial. I, I smashed, smashed a birthday cake built bar earlier today. Ooh. Smashed it. Oh, wow, it's so good. So good. I got, That's right. yeah, I, uh, cookies and cream is my favorite. Um, the, I got them uh, last time. I think I got them was around the holidays and they had a blueberry muffin one. That was incredible. So good. So good. God, they're all yeah. good. I, I yeah. don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. So yeah, good. and shockingly, we're not even – these aren't candy bars. As good as they taste, as amazing as they are, 100% real chocolate, but these are not your mom and dad's protein bars. They're not chalky or waxy or hard to hard to swallow, hard to get down. They're low in calorie, high in protein. You can compare it to whatever candy bar you guys prefer. They're going to be better than it. Uh, most built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Uh, we've mentioned some of our favorite flavors. There's all kinds of them, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. As you said, there's limited time flavors always kind of cycling through. Uh, so right good. now, there's white chocolate cookies and cream, which I think I'm going to have to try. Uh, they are delicious. There's new limited time flavors coming out all the time. Uh, so be sure you're always checking built.com to see what is new while you're over there. Use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So looking at this Michigan State team, um, yep. yeah, I'll start off on the offensive end because it looks like overall kind of a pretty solid offense, although I, just judging by what you were saying earlier, it's, a, it's probably a, an offense that might uh, go a bit hot and cold at times. Uh, yeah, to say the least. So, okay. It's, it's, it's a fine offense. Like we're pretty good at shooting the three point ball this year, which, okay. That's a nice little change from last year, ninth but boy, howdy. Yeah. But boy, G Willikers, that was not the ninth best team in the country shooting threes on Tuesday when they played <laughs> against Wisconsin at home. But no, it, it, it is a fine offense, but man, uh, do we really, mm, uh, learn how important the point guard position is. Uh, is at times in East Lansing. Right now we have Tyson Walker. He's a transfer from Northeastern. He was like, I think the like CAA player of the year at Northeastern. He came in, okay, a little rocky start. And then January, it's like, oh my God, like this kid, this kid knows how to play. I'm like, this is great. He's starting to pick up the system. And then I don't know what happened, but like, you know, in Space Jam, when their talent gets just sucked right out of them, like I, he just says, <laughs> he's back to square zero. He has no confidence whatsoever. And now we go to our backup point guard, who's A.J. Hogard, who's a sophomore, which uh, first game of the year against Kansas, he was fantastic. Against Michigan the other week, he was dynamite. He had double-digit assist. He was just working the Wolverines. Ah, oh, it was great. 
but then like every other game is just like, what's going on here? This position, man. So like the, the point guard position is like really up in the air. And Jacob, I got some breaking news here, man. Point guards are pretty important in basketball. So <laughs> you, you got that. And you tie it in with one of our best offensive players is Max Christie, five-star freshman. He's he's a great player. That said, though, he's also a freshman. So, like, yeah, it's a little bit of a volatile situation. Like, he can go ham on the road at Wisconsin. He can work Michigan in the first half, put up 14 points in a single half against Michigan as easy as he can just go, like, one freight behind the line. Again, he's a young kid. He's a freshman. A lot of pressure is put on him because not only – See, one of MSU's best offensive players, but he's one of their best defensive players as well. So he's assigned to a lot of tough defensive tasks. But we're here to talk about offense right now. Down low, it's fine. Like Marcus Bingham, he, he's solid in the post, very solid in the post. Uh, his best was in the middle of the season when it was all understood by everyone that, hey, Marcus, don't shoot any threes. For some reason, <laughs> beginning of the season, he jacked up as many threes as possible. And then, like, in the middle of the season, he stopped doing that. And it's like, oh, <laughs> Marcus, this is great. You're doing awesome, man. And then like the last few weeks, he's back to just carnival shots. And just so it, if we can get disciplined, Marcus Bingham, I feel a lot better about that. That's, that's a long way of saying that like, Hey, things are good, but sometimes they're really bad at Michigan state. But yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, Oh, also, Oh my God. How can I talk about the offense without talking about this from a Michigan state fan perspective? Um, we turn the ball over 47 times a night and like they are the most <laughs> effortless turnovers your team will see the entire year. Like I, Michigan state turns the ball over as much as any other team in the big 10. And I swear, like the other teams have had to work for maybe four turnovers collectively the entire year. They'll throw the ball in the 15th row of the zone. No problem. They'll, they'll kick the ball to the courtside fan. They'll just hand the ball to you sometimes. Like it's, it is just the most mind numbing thing of all time and it's not just the point guards that do it every this is a all-inclusive problem michigan state has every possession just loves to turn the ball over michigan state that's why i drink jacob that's why i drink so (laughs) that was a long answer but yeah i i wouldn't if there was one team that you could say uh you won't see anybody turn the ball over as easily uh iu at the beginning of the season was just dreadful at turnovers uh there was a game at Syracuse. IU lost 112 to 110 in double overtime. Yeah. They had 26 <laughs> turnovers in that game. Um, oh, that's the first half for Michigan State. Yeah, that's that's no problem. Yeah. No problem. But yeah, I was about to ask you when you were wrapping that up, because if you look at Ken Palm and sort it by conference only, conference games only, Michigan State is dead last in turnover percentage at 20%. Uh and a truly <laughs> impressive figure uh that is dead last by a good margin too um of course iu has actually turned it around they've gotten their turnovers under control they're fifth in the conference but uh that is that is a flaw that iu saw early in the year but yeah just looking at the offensive numbers 14th in turnover percentage um 14th in non-steal percentage but then your first and three-point percentage first and free throw percentage uh, this is this is quite the fascinating offense just to look at number wise. It's so it, it like I bash my head against the drywall every single game, and like everyone has their theories because this isn't just like the first year that Michigan State had these turnover issues. Like this has been a theme the last few years. Maybe not this bad, but then everyone's got their theories. Like oh, it's because the offense we run like calls for so many passing and quick move, and it's like. If you actually watch these turnovers, like I, I'm like just like what I just said, like zero effort required, 
zero effort required. Like it is just gift wrapped at least 12 turnovers every single game to the other opponent. And also it's really fun too um, because a lot of these turnover issues come in the first half. Like MSU will go into halftime, 13 turnovers, no issue whatsoever. And then sometimes you catch a really fun game, but they just turn it around. They only turn the ball over twice in the second half. It's like, Hey, like that's great. Where the hell has that been the entire season? Like, why why couldn't we just batten on the hatches and just not, like, I, I'm sorry, I'm going off at a tangent here because, like, I every make a bingo card for this game, Jacob. I want you to make a bingo card for this game. And the free space will be a 50-foot attempted outlet pass on a fast break <laughs> that ends in the tuba section of the pet van because they do that every single game, every single game. And it never works. It never works. I've never seen it work once. But so far, every single game this year, they got to try some – Cartoon character outlet pass that doesn't even come close. That, that's it. That's it. That's all. Yeah, I, I was gonna say you are for one of the first times this year preaching to a choir because that's what IU fans <laughs> were infuriated by for most of the I season. Uh, when look at the defense, that one seems much more. Uh, it's fine. Kind of consistent, middle of the road. Yeah. There isn't a really big high, really big low. Uh, right. One of the best teams at defending the three point line. Unfortunately for you, IU is already atrocious at shooting three-pointers, so right. that's not even a great thing. But uh, what's made this defense so strong this season? Yeah, they got a lot of guys in individual places. Like, I, I know I just ragged on Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth, two-point guards. But, the, the, like, on defense, they are very solid at sticking to their guys and whatnot. And Marcus Bingham, yeah, okay, he's only able to play for 20 minutes because he has, like, the cardio of a 40-year smoker. But, like, those 20 minutes – you're going to get some gold. You're going to get some really good defense in those 20 minutes. And also Max Christie, like I said, solid defense. Gabe Brown, solid defense. Like, a lot of individual great defense. However, just like you said, Indiana not that great at shooting the three. Neither was Rutgers going into that game last week, and that was no problem as Rutgers beat Michigan State by 85 points, it seemed like. <laughs> the big issue that like, I know this doesn't go hand-in-hand hand with, like, defense necessarily, but there are just off games where Michigan State just, like, just decides just not not rebound. Like, no, that's okay. Like, hey, do you guys want you guys want a second chance bucket? Go go for it, please. By all means. So and but that is another like that's the theme of the year. So many things are Jacqueline and Hyde. I mean, whether it be point guard play, three point shooting it, rebound is another one. It's like the other team will either get 16 offensive rebounds in a single game or just four. So that's that's kind of where Michigan State's in the middle right there. It's like, okay, and on defense, they're fine until that second shot opportunity comes because they just like, ah, boxing out, ah, maybe next game. Who's to say? So, <sighs> yeah. I uh, Just the the last question I kind of have is more of a general yeah. one. I, just looking from afar always at this program, it feels like it's right around this time of year where Tom Izzo kind of gets things to click. I know. And, and the Michigan, or Michigan State goes on a run uh goes deep into the big 10 tournament and then they're boom right in the sweet 16 right what's it going to take to kind of get those things to click and is there any kind of optimism that's going to happen so well okay i've known tom Izzo basketball like my whole life like i'm 29 he took over when i was like seven years old so like all i know is tom Izzo. 
and this happens every single year. And do you know what I never do? I, I never learn. I, I just never learn <laughs> that everything more times than not is just going to be okay. Because yeah, if you think I'm one of those idiots that are crying into the microphone talking about how everything's horrible and the sky's falling, well, you're absolutely right. Because that's what I'm doing again for the upteenth year in a row. Because like <laughs> in reality, like, yeah, like it's a pretty large sample size Tom has that everything's going to be okay. The only thing against that is, is just like off the top, it, it, there's no real consistency with any player, especially the senior leader, right? Like a few years ago, this happened, but you had Cassius Winston. Okay. He's going to be your steady rock. That's going to sail the ship in the right direction. The other thing is too, which is a really weird development is that Michigan state. I thought we had a pretty solid eight man lineup. I thought we were on the same page. Okay. This is who should play. This is who shouldn't last two or three games. Uh, remix. No, like we've, we've been throwing out like 47 different lineups. It seems like, and now it's just like, Okay, we're starting from square one again. So, like, yeah, history says that. Hey, the the boys in green and white are going to be okay. Like, this is going to be one of those classic teams that no one expects anything from in March. But, yeah, they're just going to bang out a, an Elite Eight run. But also, like, ugh, it's just a, a little too odd, especially from those guys and kids up top for me to really buy into that. But, hey, stay tuned. I'm, I'm You know what? It, it wouldn't be the first time I'm wrong. Today, this week, this month, this year, so I, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I hope I'm wrong in the situation. I really hope this is one of the years where the boys are going to be okay. The good news, you mentioned the stat earlier. Uh, even if you guys lose, this will only be a three-game losing streak that is apparently mandatory for you guys to uh, – Yeah, to everyone's, scholarship, it, yeah. everyone's scholarship is contingent on losing three straight games in a row. If they don't, <laughs> then the scholarship's ripped from them. That's it's apparently how things roll in East Lansing. But in that sense, uh, after Saturday, one of these teams is going to be on a three-game losing streak and presumably facing some uh, tough questions because it would be the first three-game losing streak for either side. These two teams are actually on their first losing streak period. So somebody's going to come out of uh, Saturday's game with a lot of questions. Hopefully for me, it is not Indiana. I'm sure you share the exact opposite feelings, but... Uh, I won't make you do any kind of predictions since you said they could win by 20 or lose by 20. I don't know that I have much of a prediction either. Uh, so um, the score will be 80 to 63. Don't ask me who wins, but the score is <laughs> 80 to 63. That's, that's, that's what I got for you right there. Yeah. Well, uh, I enjoy the, the joke, but I think I scored 80 points like once this year and it was against Merrimack. So I'd be impressed if, uh, if they, if they if they lit up Michigan State for eighty, uh, there's going to be a lot of celebrating for the Hoosiers. But yeah. Matt, I uh, appreciate a ton uh, doing this with us. Uh, this is fun as always. It yeah, is. I I enjoy it. It makes things a lot easier than uh, me kind of digging through stats and whatnot, trying to look sure. things up to uh, to get kind of a firsthand feel. And I mean, we have the big network. Why not use it? So appreciate uh, you working working this out and recording, as you said late on a Thursday night. And uh, I would say best of luck, uh, maybe best of luck for the rest of the season, but not on Saturday. You know what? Enjoy the Super Bowl. How about that? There we go. We'll break <laughs> right on that, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and we have all the coverage you guys need of said Super Bowl at uh, Locked On NFL as well. So thanks a ton. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Half of us will enjoy the uh, – this IU Michigan State game and uh, 
both of our shows will be recapping it on monday so we'll talk to you guys then that'll do it for us guys appreciate as always you guys supporting us as i said we'll be back again on uh monday to recap this game thanks again for making locked on hoosiers your first listen every day now for your second listen head on over to the locked on bets podcast your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Appreciate all the love you guys have given us. Uh, Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Most importantly, though, uh, have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. Go Hoosiers and LEO.